worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Hey, folks. Day one of the offseason for the Rough Riders. By the way, uh, did anything happen today? I wasn't around my phone or computer. Did anything happen today? I've had my phone off all day. Should be a pretty hard day to get content. We've been kind of scraping and clawing to put together a show. <laughs> Oh my God! Everybody said Ballsy, uh, dessert. You have a, after these two, your first two seasons calling just twelve wins. You know what, Ballsy enjoyed the time off. <laughs> yeah, when when the off season's going to be busier than the uh, regular season. season. Uh, today it was announced that Coach Craig Dickinson would not be brought back, and. Meaning he wouldn't get a new contract. Technically, he wasn't fired. He just wasn't renewed. Okay. What else he got for me? And then it was announced that Jeremy O'Day would be back on an extended deal. And obviously, Craig Reynolds coming back too. Now, I had heard some rumors that Reynolds might be... I did hear some rumors that Reynolds might be leaving, but he's not. And uh, when you haven't won a game... In the last two years after Labor Day, 0-14, everything's on the table. So people have texted me. My phone's been blowing up, probably like yours if you're a fan in Rider Nation. But being the voice of the team, you're getting. I'm getting former players. I'm getting so many texts, so many messages on social media. And we will get to some of those. Um, are you shocked, Ballsy? Um, I am. I am surprised. In one sense, because of what I just said. When you lose that many games in two straight years, everything's on the table. But am I totally shocked? No. Because I had heard, and believe it or not, when you've done this for over 20 years, covering the CFL and covering this team, I do get sources. And sources told me that there has had been something on the table for Jeremy O'Day and Craig Reynolds for... Since week six, nothing signed, but that, so then I thought, okay, I got that in my, I I know that that's on my radar, but I don't broadcast a lot of things. I keep things close to my chest and then I'm seeing how the season's going and I'm going, hmm, I'm wondering if, if things will be more than just the coaching staff, because let's be honest, I think it was a foregone conclusion. The coach was going to be done. Um, but I'm here to say this. Yes, Craig Dickinson is my friend, and he will always be my friend, and I don't throw my friends under the bus. Was Craig uh, Dick, was Craig Dickinson the best head coach? No, he wasn't. He wasn't the best head coach. He made mistakes. He was too uh, he was too 
polite to the guys. Now, you can't yell at them, but what I mean is he turned over this team. He treated these guys like they were men and thought they should have ownership of their team. And it's quite evident that this team lacks leadership in some respects. And and certain factions of this team could not answer the bell to what the coach gave them. Now, did Craig make in-game mistakes? Yes. I think he's an unbelievable person. I think he's a great football coach. But to just say this was Craig Dickinson's fault is a false narrative. It's not just Craig Dickinson's fault. And it's uh, there, there are a couple of coaches on that staff that I think deserve another shot to come back. Although we're hearing from uh, Jeremy O'Day, and we'll get to his comments in a bit, that the new coach, whoever it is, comes in, gets his clean slate everything. He'll get to wipe it all clean and bring in whoever he wants. I know that Trevor Harris is very close to Scott Milanovic. That's a guy we could talk about as the head coach of the Rough Riders. If Scott Milanovic were to come here, now we're free to speculate. If Scott Milanovic were to come here, he and Kelly Jeffrey have a pass together. Milanovic, I believe, brought Kelly Jeffrey into the league in an assistant coach role at Toronto. So... And I think Kelly Jeffrey, the public enemy number one in Saskatchewan, besides maybe the quarterback and the coach, is the offensive coordinator. I've sat and took so many calls over the years. People thought this OC sucked, and this guy, a high school team, my RMF team, and all this. Kelly Jeffrey gets a B from me. He played. He he coached with the uh, offense that was on their third quarterback, an offensive line that was banged up. A receiving core that wasn't up to snuff at the or not the one he thought he'd have, and his terrible offense with the third quarterback produced almost three two thousand one thousand yard receivers, two for sure, from a guy that's a terrible play caller. Get out of here, Kent Majuri. great special teams coordinator that learned from Coach Craig Dickinson, probably. Top three special teams coordinator this league has ever seen in Craig Dickinson. So Kent Majuri would be a guy I'd, I'd consider looking at bringing back as well. And that's no disrespect to the other coaches, too. There's a lot of great guys and a lot of great guys on that staff that poured their heart and soul into this thing. Sometimes things just don't work. But don't – I don't want – listen, they had to move on from this staff. There's no doubt about it. And so here's what I will say. The ball now is in Jeremy O'Day's court. Jeremy O'Day has been given a chance to hire his second coach. And in fairness to Jeremy O'Day, Chris Jones left in the middle of the night, left this team high and dry. He did sign his, he signed his staff to a new deal. He signed his entire staff to a new deal, then bolted for Cleveland. Craig Dickinson took the job at the last minute when Paul Lapolice couldn't have apply for the job, Winnipeg shut it down. In hindsight, thank God. Okay? So Craig Dickinson took this over, and he's never told me this, but I don't think Craig Dickinson really wanted to be a head coach. He fell into it. Okay? He's not wired to be a head coach. He's wired to more be like an assistant coach, friends with the guys, be that kind of liaison, walk next to the head coach, uh, do that type of thing. But he came in, they had a great first year. 
Cody Fajardo. Nobody knew anything about Cody Fajardo. Behind a pretty solid offensive line. Second year, offensive line loses some pieces. People got more tape on Cody. He's not as good. He starts looking like a third-string quarterback or a backup. They regress, but they still get to a West Final with this terrible head coach. Okay, They still get to the West Final with this awful head coach who can't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. They had five one, two, three, four, five Achilles to start the year. And 18 guys on the injured reserve list, and they still got to Winnipeg, forced five turnovers, and because Cody Fajardo couldn't move his pop gun offense into the end zone, they didn't win. And Winnipeg goes to the Grey Cup again. Then we have a, uh, a regression in 2022. And an even further regression in 2023. So Dickinson's out. So here's a chance for Jeremy O'Day. This is where his legacy is built. He's got to find the coach that will take this team to the next level and make them have sustained success, which is what Craig Reynolds said when he took this team over. He said, I want sustained success. And the last two years, anything but sustained success. But the board of directors, under the recommendation of Craig Reynolds, have brought Jeremy O'Day back. Craig Reynolds is back. Board of directors' decision. So now it's up to, the pressure's on all of them now. The pressure is on all of them. They have to bring a winner to town. And there's a lot of people not happy. And that... I I don't have a I don't have an opinion on that. That's the fans. I will say this. I think Jeremy O'Day has brought some talent in. I think the offensive line, we can't get a clear cut decision on what he brought in because there was injuries. The also O'Day gets a break because his QB1 got hurt. If QB1 plays, the Riders are probably finishing in second place and having a home playoff game and the whole narrative changes and maybe we're talking about bringing back Craig Dickinson. So let's not be a prisoner of the moment. I am not for one. Once again, I don't pay for tickets. I would hate for people to stay away en masse and I don't want to say put the team at jeopardy financially but as good as Things are around here, a new stadium and all that stuff. You're also in the CFL one foot on the edge of the cliff. I don't care what team you are. So you have to be very careful how angry you get. Not right away, but in the long term. We're, you know, we're not that far removed from radiothons, telethons and all that stuff. So we have to be very careful about how much of pitchfork uh, fork action we have. We will get to some of the texts and phone calls that I have incurred. Uh, you can text us at 936-6262. You can also call that number. I got lots of things lined up, but I'll take your calls at 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders will not bring back Coach Craig Dickinson. The coaching staff is very much a clean sweep now, according to the general manager. The general manager is back on a deal. I'm assuming multi-year. We haven't been told the exact terms. And Craig Reynolds is back as the president. How do you feel about it? We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, we got the phones are fired up. I knew they would be. Lots of texts, too. We'll try to get to everything we can today. 
Let us uh, get to our first caller, though, as we head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Uh, this is an old friend. I haven't heard from him from a long for a long time, but I do know he he lights it up when things aren't going the riders' way because he's a passionate fan. It's Sheldon, the People's Champ. Where have you been, my friend? I've been at anger management. <laughs> How did that go been for at you? Anger management classes. I um, <laughs> I got to try to find a new way to channel my anger, and uh, today it's one of those days again. Obviously, a disappointing season, ballsy, mm. but. Uh, a little confusing for me today. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with Dickey. I, I wasn't a big fan of his uh, going back to even last season. Uh, you're 0-7 to finish, and you missed the playoffs for a second consecutive year. I don't think anybody in their right mind thought he was going to keep his job. But I'll be honest with you, Ballsy. <laughs> I'm looking at Reynolds and the O'Day, and I'm wondering uh, why they're not gone. I mean, you've got a board of directors here who are apparently a bunch of successful people. Uh, are they clueless? Like, it starts from the top down, Ballsy. And you know, what really bothers me is I, I try not to read anymore. I really try not to read because I read an article from the Leader Post that said Reynolds, you uh, said, you know, they is a, tr- a proven track record of building successful teams and identifying talent. Really? Ballsy, we're 0-14 after Labor Day the past two years. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. We're on 14 the past two years after Labor Day, Ballsy. Mm. And, 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 and O'Day, you, you have a, a proven track record of building talent and, and finding talent, successful teams. O'Day, O-line. Where's their O-line been the last three years, Ballsy? You tell me. Non-existent, okay? And everybody wanted to crap on Fajardo. You know, I wasn't a big fan of his either, but they were 9-9 nine and nine last year in Montreal, and he's 10-7 and seven because he's got guys protecting him. Every year, it's the same thing. Like Ballsy, was the O line was the O line ever been addressed the past three seasons, or is that just me? Um, well, I, I, I'll, I'll just throw it in here. Like, listen, the Toronto Argonauts have only given up fifteen sacks, and they have sixty three going into last week's game. So there's a a simple recipe to football: you have to win the line of scrimmage. I do think I do feel Sheldon like the O line was was better this year. I think we have some parts, and I put a little asterisk by it only because uh, of injuries, and I don't know, like, you know, we haven't seen the full thing. But then again, anybody could say we've had injuries. Calgary had 18 on the injured reserve. Ballsy. It's about, listen, You could, as a coach, you can only take so much heat. At the end of the day, it's called risk assessment. We had to have had a plan if our half-a-million-dollar 37-year-old quarterback got injured. We didn't. We found out the hard way we did. And, and, and I'm not going to knock Dalagala. I, I, I don't hate the guy as a backup, okay? But, but they didn't even know that he was the backup. We started Mason fine two or three times. There was no plan in place. And what really gets me is Reynolds goes on to say in this article or something, oh, there's a lot of guys have had uh, big success here, individual success. Uh, we had a couple uh, thousand yards rece- uh, thousand yard receivers. Well, Baldy, I don't care. I don't care about receiving yards. It's easy to get two 1,000-yard receivers when you're playing in garbage time against pre-bent defense. I don't care about yards, Ballsy. I care about wins. Yeah. You know, I don't care about seeing the green and white unless they're playing after October. I feel like for the last two seasons, at Halloween, we're getting tricked and not treated. When can we expect playoff football, Ballsy, and how do you define success? I don't care about individual success. I care about wins. Hey, we got to start developing our Chad Kellys. We got to find our diamond in the rough. 
You know, I want to play a trivia game with you, Ballsy. You know I like numbers, don't you? Yes. I'm going to put some numbers out there for you. Let's see if you can identify them. And, and it's, it, I'm putting you on the spot, so I don't expect you to, but I'm going to put them out there for you. 51, 36, 36, 33, 38, 26, 29. What does that represent? And no, it's not Lotto Max numbers. Do it, sorry, give me those one more time. I'll try to get it. 51, 36, 36, 33, 38, 26, 29. Uh, quickly, I'd say that's our points against in the last string of games since a Labor Day You're rematch. Damn right it is. The last seven games of points against. So I'm not going to just hang the offensive line here. Okay? That's not acceptable. 26 points in seven games is your best result. Here's another one for you, Balsy. Balsy. 551 points against. That's worse than the league. By 34 points, we gave up the most points in the league this year. Only ahead of Edward, we're behind Edmonton, for God's sake. They didn't have an identity or a team name, it felt like, for half the year. Everybody's laughing at them. Oh, they haven't won a game. We finished with basically the same record as the, as the Elks. That terrible defense. You talked about it. The game is won and lost at the line of scrimmage. I don't feel like our pass rush is as consistent as it needs to be. I still feel we need a lockdown corner to shut down the opposing team's best receiver. I think we're okay at linebacker when we're healthy. But ballsy, we got to do something. We got to do something defensively too on that line. It's both lines. So I hope Jeremy O'Day understands that he's living on borrowed time right now in my freaking books. Because if you think that I'm going to go spend a hundred dollars for freaking tickets to go to the game, the increase in beer prices, the increase in food prices, I got that moron out east running our, our country into the ground financially with carbon taxes, inflation's through the roof, gas has never been more expensive. By white. My wife broke her screen on her cell phone. It was $410 to fix. A little piece of freaking glass. <laughs> you, think, you think I'm going to go and spend 150 to $200 a weekend? Hey, Ballsy, you were at the game against Toronto, weren't you? I'm at every game. Yeah, fighting for our playoff life. Do you see a lot of open uh, seats out there? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, 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 to get more and more Ballsy, and I'm telling you, we're not that far removed. Okay, the past repeats itself unless you change. In the 90s, we had to bail this team out in the province. So I'm telling you, there's not a lot of money that people have left to bail out a football team that doesn't fix its problems. I feel like I'm going to a car shop and I'm saying, hey, my alternator's been broke for three years. Oh, yeah, we're going to work on that. And three years later, I'm still waiting for parts. You better figure it out and figure it out quick. Oh, I'm shit. not impressed right now, Ballsy. I-, I could tell. I'm going to have to pay for your next anger management class, man. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not getting paid enough, the poor guy, but he works hard. He's trying, but Jesus, Murphy. I mean, something's got to change here. It starts with the line offensively, and don't wait. I'm tired of us always waiting. Now we'll see what's out there in free agency. You better get on the phone now, O'Dan Reynolds. You better get on the phone now, because eventually you can only point the finger at a head coach like you did this year with Dickinson and Fajardo last year. You can only point the finger long enough at the coach and the, and, and, and the quarterback before people start realizing, hey, man, we're 6-12 and 12 the past two seasons. We've missed the playoffs twice in a row in a nine-team league where six teams make the playoffs. 0-14 after Labor Day. Don't tell me it's how you start, it's how you finish. Get your risk assessment done. Figure out what the plan is if Harris goes down because we obviously didn't do that this year. And I look at teams like Hamilton. They got Schultz. They got uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. You talked about it with Toronto, only giving up 15 sacks. They invest in the O-line because it gives those quarterbacks time in the pocket. And then if they move around and escape, they buy more time. 
It feels like we're always sitting there on second and eight. How about some different schemes? How about we blitz a little bit more? Put some pressure on the opposing team. Good God, man. Hmm. Something's got to change, Ballsy, but i got to be honest. I'm, I'm shocked that those two guys are still here because 0-7, you're looking at it from a, from a company perspective, and they're on the business side of the operations in football. Right, the president, CEO, these guys are on the business side of football. 0-7 is unsuccessful. I don't care about O'Day's track record. I care about the last two seasons when I'm sitting at home handing out treats on Halloween and we're not playing playoff football. You figure it out and you figure it out quick. You put a half million bucks up on a quarterback, we didn't even know who our backup was going in. That's not all on Dickinson. You've got to put the tools in place, Ballsy. And yes, I'll agree with you, our O-line was slightly better. But we're still getting drilled. We don't have a consistent pass rush, Ballsy, Dave, and Dave. I told you, 26 points against was our best result the past seven games. We lost to every single team in the CFL after the Labor Day break, except for Montreal, because we didn't play them. We lost to everybody, including Edmonton at home. That Edmonton game at home, we win that game, we're probably in the playoffs. Every game matters after Labor Day, and we're 0-14 the past two seasons. That's not successful. To hell with your track record. Get your cleats on and get ready for a marathon, because it better start now. Don't tell me you're going to wait till March and April till the free agency market opens up. You start scouting now. You figure it out now, because that's embarrassing football. There's a lot of people in this province that pay a lot of money to go see that team in that brand-new stadium that we couldn't afford. Well, don't sit there and tell me, oh, you're going to make it better. You make it better now. Sheldon, we got to go. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Got a lot off his chest there. Uh, 936-6262. We'll take more of your calls. 1-866-767-0620. Uh, he's kind of reflective of what I'm seeing on Twitter, too. You're listening to The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And this is Sean Kleisinger back with your sports ticker. It's 3.30 inside the sports cage in a big news-filled day here in Ryderville as we learned this morning that head coach Craig Dickinson will not be returning as the team's head coach here in 2024. And also, Jeremy O'Day's contract has been extended here for the 2024 season. So the search for a new head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is officially underway. And a big night. Coming up here in the Major League of Baseball. I mean, we got a Game 7, and we have a Game 6 happening right now in Philadelphia. The Arizona Diamondbacks are trying to stay alive versus the Phillies. If the D-backs can win this afternoon, uh, they will force a Game 7. So that game right now has one inning complete, no score from Philadelphia. And later on tonight, it's Game 7 in Houston, Texas, as the Texas Rangers are taking on the Houston Astros in what has been an unbelievable series, really. First pitch for that one coming up shortly after 6 o'clock tonight. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, let's keep it going. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. News of the day. Jeremy O'Day and Craig Reynolds are back. GM and president, respectively. Craig Dickinson is out. And most likely all his coaches, too, depending on who the new coach is. The search for that coach gets going in earnest. Let's go to the phone lines here again. Let's get to our next caller. Uh, who do we got? Who's this? Oh, I guess it's Ian from Shelton. Ian, go ahead, bud. 
Yeah, remember you and I had a disagreement on whether Ovechkin and the Russians should be playing, so we might disagree again today, but uh, I wish that our team, <laughs> Ballsy, had the passion of Sheldon. I, I really do. Mm. That, that, was, that was quite the call, no doubt about it. I have a bit of a different approach. My wife and I have had tickets for 40 years. I gave up on them last year. I'll be honest, I didn't go after that fiasco. And you asked a caller, I think it was last week, uh, Ballsy, what would it take for you to come back? Because my wife said yesterday she will never go back. She's had a season ticket since she was 18. She's in her 60s. And Sheldon said, we miss out sometimes of the business of football. Mm -hmm. And when we stop going, which... I know we're only two, and we travel an hour away. And I guess what I'm saying is I hear it from a lot of people in the stands that when we stop going, people will start to say, as Sheldon said, that it starts from the top, and the business of football is O'Day and Reynolds, and I can't believe they're still there. Unbelievable. And we won't go back. You ask that chap, and there's nothing that will make us go back and spend our hard-earned money on the Rough Riders, not ever again. And if more people start to say that, the stands will get empty and maybe somebody will wake up on the board of directors. It's a sham, it's embarrassing. I know you're passionate about the team, but there's nobody more passionate than my wife. When I saw the look in her eyes yesterday after a 29-26 loss, I thought, oh my God, you take it too serious, honey. But that is all she has to watch. And, Ian, Ian, let me stop you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, listen, you are entitled to your opinion, yeah. and I'm never going to chastise a fan that's, yeah. uh, that pays money. I go, I got to work at the game, so it's not yeah, like I, I go, know. no, no, just let me, hear me out. It's not like I get to go for free. Like, I'm working, right? And I am the voice of the team. I don't work for the team. I'm the voice of the team. But... Fans like your wife, fans like Sheldon, they have a reason to be upset. We we do want sustained success. We do want to see a winning football team here on a consistent basis. Like like Craig's brother Dave, he had one down year and somehow found his way to scrape back into the playoffs. We always want to be in the mix here. So fans who spend their money and drive from Silton or Ron and Deb Taylor, who drive every week from Calgary, you deserve to be upset. I'm never going to say you shouldn't be upset. What I'm saying is, is we got to be careful because it's not like we are the NFL where we got so much cash. But hey, maybe they only hear you if you speak with your wallets, if that's how you feel. Well, I don't think they're hearing us any other way. Well, they certainly haven't heard us to date. So for us, it's, it's over. We'll watch it on television because TSN does great coverage, and I can drink wine very, very cheap in my house and don't have to worry about drinking and driving or anything. So I know it's just the two of us, but I, I think there's that much passion that a guy like Sheldon and you and, and my wife and everybody else has that are going to say that enough's enough. We can't still be saying that. You know, I watched yesterday them leave a starting quarterback um, in uh, for Toronto with 60 or 15 wins, it all sewn up, and they weren't worried that that guy was going to get knocked around because he could have stood back there and lit a cigarette. Then you look at our side of the ball, and every time Dogallo gets it, there's somebody on him. So it, this is broken from the top. It's broken within the team, and I can't believe that a guy that was overpromoted when he got the job, O'Day, is still there. And I think a lot of fans are going to say the same thing, and we can't do anything about it because they've already resigned those two clutches. So 
I, I, I hope that they have success in the future, but my wife and I will not give them another penny. And too many fans do that, Ballsy, and it's going to make it even uglier. We have the greatest stadium, I think better than some stadiums in the NFL, and for it to be open for 10 games a year and um, nothing else ever held there is a shame. And I think for it to have less and less plans, fans, it'll be embarrassing to this, this great province of ours. Ian, I'm, Ian, Ian, I'm going to let you go, but I am going to say this, okay? If you're going to stay home and if that's what you're going to do and you're going to drink wine and watch TSN, can you please mute it and at least listen to 620 CKRM and our broadcast? We'd appreciate that. You and Luke, I do listen to it because of your passion. When you came on right away, you were I could hear it in your voice. You were just about screaming and I know that you got to put up with a lot of bullshit in the next uh, couple of days and three and four until the passionate fans quiet down and move on to, to blaming the Toronto Maple Leafs and for, being, <laughs> for, for being as bad as they are. Ian, oh. Ian, I don't, no, 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 make, make something very clear. I do not want the passionate fans to go away. Yeah. The, no, you can't. We need I, we need fans like you to be mad, to be upset, to be passionate, to be excited when they win. It's when you don't care where we're in trouble. And so, no, keep it going. We got to go. But thanks for your call, Ian. I appreciate it. You take good care, both. You too, man. Let's go to the next caller. Who's this? Hi, who's this? Hello. Nobody there. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hi, Sam. Sorry, say that again. It's Leanne. Okay, Leanne, go ahead. What's up? Hey, first, I, I, my opinion, I think that right, to, I'm not too sure what Reynolds, but I agree with O'Day Stain. I went through that roster on the weekend from training camp on down. Mm-hmm. There was an offensive line that was put together with Hawkins and Cooper and I forget Richardson, and they went down with injury. And you can only keep feeling that possibly before you run out of guys. You look at Sean Bain Jr., 1,000 yards. You look at Emulus, a thousand yards. Kevin Jones would have had a thousand yards if they would have put him in. You look at Morrow. I look at um, Lanier. I look at Richardson. I look at Corsak. I look at Wather. I look at uh, Revis, Milligan. Now, who brought these guys in? Yeah. And I, this coaching, I'm sorry, and I like Craig as a man, but I went to a practice and went, what the hell is this? Because the last practice I went and watched, Kent Austin was coaching. That's a country club atmosphere, and Nick Marshall will not be able to get away with Nick Marshall crap anymore on that field. And there's other guys that will be weeded out, and it depends, of course, who he hires. But there is Scott Milanovic out there. There is Ryan Phillips out there. Let's just see, before we set the place on fire, who he brings in. Because these people, if this works, and we get the coach, proper coach in with a little bit of discipline... And he can bring in his own coaches. They will be back because they will win. And you know, this I agree. I was pissed off too. But at a time, wasn't Craig Dickinson kind of just given the job because Jones bailed on the Riders so fast they didn't really have time to go on a search? Well, he was given the job. Yeah, 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 he got the job late because uh, Jones left. He signed all his coaches, and then they couldn't get La Police to come in here for an interview, which I think in hindsight was probably a good thing the way La Police turned out as a head coach So uh, with Ottawa. So, I, uh, yeah, that's right. He was a late hire, and I don't know that Craig – Craig's never told me this, but I don't know that he even actually – he didn't aspire to be a head coach. He likes to be – he likes to be an assistant, like, you know, like, like, like he likes to – 
Here's the deal with the Riders' next head coach. I'm going to tell you this. I say, I think I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again, Leanne. They need an alpha dog because Craig Reynolds, uh, Craig Dickinson was not an alpha dog. Okay, He was a nice man, and he was who he was, and that's what he should be. You don't want to be a fake. Jeremy O'Day is not an alpha dog. He is not an alpha dog. Okay, not That's not disrespectful. He's not. And Craig Reynolds is the farthest thing from an alpha dog. So we need somebody that's going to be in that locker room and be, he's going to love the players up, but he's going to be a dink. That's what we need. That's the only, that's the prerequisite for my head coach because we need an alpha dog in this organization, in my opinion. What was your honest, uh, um, what do you think of practices, how they were run? Uh, I'm going to be totally. I'm, I'm going to be totally on, honest with you, Leanne. I wasn't at uh, as many as I'd like to because the way the practices run and the interviews, I have to be back here lining up my show. So I was probably only at about fifty percent of the practices. And I will say this: you comp- and, and this isn't disrespectful to you because I don't know what you saw, what you didn't see. But you seeing Ken Austin run a practice versus Craig Dickinson, yes, two different coaches. I get it, but they also had way more padded practices back in the day. They're hamstrung by the. These, these goofy rules that you can't you can't tackle like you can't you, you're restricted with padded practices so I think that kind of drops the intensity and I think you'd see that in a lot of places I just think Craig let these guys in fairness to him get away with too much he just let them yep. he just let them be men and unfortunately a lot of these I said this on the broadcast Leanne just because you play professional football doesn't mean you're a pro and there's a few Nick Marshall as that example yeah he should have been sat he didn't want to tackle the first in this last game he shouldn't have really had that interception he was beat because he cheated and he got a ball was a little underthrown and the second one he was beaten and he didn't even try to chase the guy down yeah he never wraps up when he tackles he's the first example of it's either my way with the coach and I think I would like to see Milanovich because he's got pedigree. He worked with Tressman. He's won, and he is a partial dink. And t- and really tight with Trevor Harris. And you could retain Kelly Jeffrey there if he so chose. Maybe not in the OC ro- uh, role, but I don't think Kelly Jeffrey was as bad as people made him out to be. I gave him a solid B. I'd also give another one of the coaches, Kent Majuri, a high grade for special teams. Not his fault that Mario Alford decided to check out at the end of the year and didn't play as consistently as he should. So I agree. Leanne, we got lots of calls. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paulie. Let's keep going. Next caller. Who's this? Hello, who's this? Is it me? Yeah, it's you. Who who are you? Sorry, sir. Hi, it's Derek. It's Derek. How are you? Good, Derek. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I am going to uh, echo Leanne's thoughts. Uh, and uh, while I appreciate Sheldon's passion, uh, uh, I think that uh, there's a number of things that need to be considered when they're making these decisions. Um, first of all, the amount of infrastructure required from the player personnel side, when you when you lose the GM, you have to rebuild that entire player personnel um, section of your organization, and that is, takes time. And we're continuing. We're instead of building upon what we have already put into place, we're rebuilding, and I don't think our fans want that. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't. I just I, I don't disagree with the decision that was made today. Okay, um, as a fan. Uh, I lost faith in Craig Dickinson's play ability to make decisions on the field. Probably about about this or about uh, Labor Day last year, 
Um, I do like his aggressive play calling at times, but there, but there are times uh, like third and two, uh, not taking field goals, uh, where going against conventional wisdom uh, on the football field uh, hurt us. And I think my assumption, and maybe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Baldy, but my assumption is that the players lost respect uh, for some of those uh, poor calls or poor decisions. And with his lack of, um, uh, let's put it, ass-kicking uh, that was required last year especially and uh, this year, um, I think it was just a slow, uh, a slow death. Uh, for uh, Coach Dickinson, appreciated him as a coach, uh, as, a, as a gentleman. Certainly, uh, I put him up there with uh, Ken Miller as far as the way he treats people. Uh, but I do agree, uh, Ballsy, that he's had a few years to prove that he is head coaching material, and I don't. I think he met his limit uh, of expertise at the OC level. Okay, I can't. Uh, I can't disagree. Uh, um, your opinion's your opinion, and I. I said it right here earlier to start the show. I think uh, he's a great. He's a great man, unparalleled man, Craig Dickinson, and he is a great football coach. He will be hired in five seconds. That is no. That is a no-brainer. So, uh, but is he a head coach? I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's a great head coach, and I don't. You know, I wouldn't put him in the top tier of head coaches if you're asking me. Um, nope. But I also don't think he was that terrible. I don't know how old you are, but I've been around to see terrible, and Craig Dickinson wasn't that terrible. We were we were in two, not one, but two yep. West Finals. We were a crossbar away with a third-string quarterback yep. who is still masquerading as a first-string quarterback in Montreal, and we almost... And I don't care, I'll stand by that. The only reason Montreal's where they are is because the defense carries water there, okay? Not the offense. Um, we had a crossbar, would have been in the Grey Cup. We had five, count them, five Achilles. Five! Before this training camp started, and we got to the West Final again with 18 people on our injured reserve, and because Cody Fajardo couldn't take advantage of five turnovers, we didn't beat Winnipeg again on their turf in the West Final. And then the last two years have been a dumpster fire. I will say this, okay? We have sacrificed the coach, and he's done. It's now up to Jeremy O'Day. Jeremy O'Day, and I'm not going to dispute you, he's brought in talent. C.J. Revis, Leanne listed off a bunch, absolutely true. He's hit on Jaden Dalkey late. He's hit on um, uh, Kean Schaefer-Baker. He's found some guys. But I'm going to tell you this right now. This is it. He's got to find the right head coach. This is it. He's been extended for three years now. Three years. That part I'm shocked about. I could see two, three. He got a three-year deal. So they have faith in him. Let us see. He's got a chance now to hire this head coach. And we're going to see in real time if it was just the coaching. That's all I can say. Was it just the coaching? Right now, if I'm to buy your narrative, and I'm not saying this rudely, then we're going to see if it was just the coaching. Yep. Thanks for your call. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to the next caller. This is John. Hi, John. What's up, man? John, hey, what's John up? Bolton. Good man. What's up? Well, I agree with today's decision, but they didn't go far enough. They should have cleaned house right from the top and get a fresh start and a fresh vision for this team because we're heading back into the Neil Quinter and Al Ford era. Well, I mean... 
I'm I'm just That's the annou- I, I'm just the announcer, man. I I, I get your uh, I get your um, your angst and your anger. There's a lot of that out here because I think more than anything, people just want a winner. And I think what I, I, like I just look at that. They just had 2013 team in here at the Plaza Dinner and the video that ran at the game, and you see that era from 2000 and what is it six to 2014, and you think what an era. And in fairness, Jeremy O'Day was a part of that era. He was an assistant general manager. He was a part of that era, so he has been around championship and what it looks like as a player and as a uh, a guy in the front office. So I'm not going to sit here and say Jeremy O'Day's a bozo and he doesn't know what he's doing. What I am going to say is Jeremy. Jeremy O'Day now, the ball is in your court, it's in Craig Reynolds' court, and it's in the board of directors' court. You guys made the decision, you're going forward with this plan, Ryder Nation has to see how it plays out, and they have to decide whether they're on board or not. Uh, That's a fact. If it was anywhere else in any other league, they would have cleaned house. Yeah, I don't don't know, I can't, I don't know. For example, my my Habs, when, when they missed, Jeff Molson didn't spare anybody. He fired the whole uh, regime from Mark Bergerman on down, and they hired a new guy, and it's taken a little time. They got some positive results coming, and they're going to be uh, better for it, and that's what they need because they needed a new vision, and they need a new voice, and that's just what they need. This team hasn't been the same since Jim Hobson left, and when Craig Reynolds took over, it was all, oh, yes, um, like you said, oh, uh, it's going to be a consistent win. They haven't, like like uh, Sheldon said, and like Leanne said, they're 0-14 after Labor Day. That's unacceptable. And, Balzi, um, I've known you for many years. You and I go way back into high school. You know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm unhappy, and I probably will not support this football team. And then the teams I cheer for, in the pecking order, they are last. John, thanks for your call. Thanks for your continued support of the radio station. We appreciate it. Welcome, brother. We're going to take a break, get to some of your texts, and uh, we've got some other audio to get to, like Jeremy O'Day. Uh, and uh, can you text John Hodge? We're supposed to have him at Three Down Nation, but the phone lines are heating up, so we'll bump him to, uh, who, uh, I don't know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> After calling Audible, Omaha! Omaha! Kill, kill, kill! 56 is Mike! The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Text lines powered by the Capital Auto Group. So we're going to just address these texts. I want to make something clear so people, they listen with half an ear. These are texts we got from people, okay? This is from Trevor in Sherwood Park. Giving O'Day three years is ludicrous. In the cap area, you had a chance to make meaningful change, and Reynolds blew it again. This is once again a step backward. Rewards 0-14 with a three-year deal and little talent improvement is a recipe for L Ford-era conversation. Rider pride is totally at its lowest point and a sad day for our once-proud franchise. I ordered a Ryder custom jersey yesterday, and I drive in for a lot of the games, but I won't be wearing it until I see our pride back on the field. Might be five years from now, but I'll always be a Riders fan. Cheers. This from Eli. So why do they keep O'Day? He sounds like he's scared to talk to the fans. He hides in the office. He couldn't build an O-line for three years. Why do they keep the GM? He hired Dickinson, didn't he? O'Day should be gone. And he should take Reynolds with him from Eli. Um, 
This from Bob. Bob says, I agree with Jeremy O'Day staying. I think he deserves to hire a second head coach. Most GMs in any sport get a second head coach. He has brought in great talent in some spots. Definitely needs to upgrade in other spots. But every team needs upgrades. So Bob's on board. Sam actually echoes the same thing. Um, We need to have some sort of stability. And even though the record doesn't look great, I do agree with bringing in or keeping Jeremy O'Day. He has brought in talent like C.J. Rivas. Jake Dolagala looks promising. Sam Emelis was a great draft pick. Jaden Dahlke, etc. But he does have to address the offensive line. You don't win without a good offensive line. Look at Toronto. Do better there, Jeremy, from Sam. So we've got uh, a split there. Uh, Leonard sends it a text. Uh, Oh, he says, uh, Michael walking side by side with head coach carrying his jockstrap, LOL. No, I'm not carrying his jockstrap. I'm just telling you. Are you gonna? Are you gonna just totally blame the coach? It's just the coach's problem. This was just a coaching problem. If you think this was just a coaching problem, then you don't get it. I could be wrong. Maybe they hire Milanovic, who I think is when it's all said and done and the smokes clears. If he wants the job, he's probably the best candidate, and he comes in. He's a Mark Tressman clone. He's younger. He's won a championship. He's worked with Tressman, and he has a great relationship with Trevor Harris. Now, does he come here? I don't know. We'll see. But maybe that's why they give uh, Dickinson or pardon me, O'Day a longer-term deal too, three years. I thought maybe two. Not three, that shocks me a bit, but maybe that's why. So that the next coach comes in knows he's got like he's got the backing of his GM. I think that's exactly what it is. Hey, proof's gonna be in the pudding, that's all I can say. This is the sports cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show. Lots of other sports going on, but basically we're in Rider Nation and all the talk is that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have let Craig Dickinson go. They will not renew his contract. That's not a shocker. Uh, A mild surprise, maybe, that Jeremy O'Day is back. Uh, A bigger surprise that it's a three-year deal. A lot of fans are uh, shocked by that. Well, a lot of fans are shocked that he's back. I'm not so much shocked that he's back. Three-year deal? I was like, wow, that I thought maybe two. But when he's going for a second head coach, um, he probably has to have the... To entice a coach to come here, that coach needs to know that if... Um, Jeremy O'Day is going to uh, hire him. That Jeremy O'Day is entrenched here for a couple of years at least. So that's where that comes from. And Craig Reynolds is back as the president of your team. You can make a case for Craig coming back. They got through COVID. Um, but they've got a lot of work to do, judging by the seats that were empty in that uh, last regular season game. So I'm hoping they're behind the scenes, and I know they are, working hard to... Uh, Try to find the answers. The first answer is, who's the head coach going to be? Scott Milanovic would be a good one. You know who else would be a great head coach? And I don't believe he was an offensive coordinator with the Calgary Stampeders when he left for Toronto. Ryan Dinwiddie. He was the quarterback's coach, if I'm not mistaken. Offensive assistant. 
Mark Mueller should be in the running for a head coaching position with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He brings pedigree here as the grandson of Ron Linecaster. He is Regina football royalty, was with the, the, the Sheldon Williams Spartans, the Regina Rams, both as a player and then would have been a coach. Until they kind of screwed that up and hired Mike Gibson instead of him. Like they got got rid of Frank, brought Mike Gibson in, and they Frank was grooming Mark Mueller. No disrespect to Mark McConkie, but how things could have changed. Mark Mueller is one of the bright minds in the CFL. Canadian-American. He should be strongly considered for the head coaching job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Why not? Why not? He has coached for eight years in this league. And he's about where Ryan Dinwiddie was. Even, I think, ahead of Ryan... About the same uh, same resume as Ryan Dinwiddie. How's it, Zinger? How's it work for Ryan Dinwiddie in Toronto? What? How many wins they got this year? Fifteen, though. Right, right, right. Arguably one of the best teams in regular season CFL and, and, history. And who won the Grey Cup here the other year? Like the last Toronto year, Toronto Argonauts. Oh, dude. and who was the coach there? Dinwiddie. So, and Dinwiddie and Mark Mueller were in the same room together as uh, a coaches in Calgary. That's correct. Somebody should be calling Mark Mueller and getting him on the phone. If they're doing their they're doing their search. Once the playoffs are done, and if Calgary's eliminated in round one and Hamilton's eliminated, get on the phone with Milanovic, Mark Mueller right away. Let's get down to it. And yeah. I'm not saying, listen, not a token one for Mark Mueller. I'm serious about this. I think fan. I was going to say I think fans would uh, would like that hire too. I mean, a lot of fans aren't happy right now, and. You know, we want a head coach that now, fans will like. Now, part of it is who can he bring in with his staff. So, does Mark Mueller have the contacts? I don't. I'm not saying he doesn't. Does he have the contacts of a Scott Milanovic? Who's the dude that was with Milanovic in Indianapolis? He used to be a quarterback in the CFL. Oh, oh. offensive assistant, top of my mind, African American guy. What's his name? Oh, sorry, Ballsy, letting you down. The top on this of the top. I was thinking about this. I should have looked it up. Like those are the kind of contacts that Milanovic has, right? He was in Jacksonville, like that type of thing. How about this? How about this for a head coach, folks? Kerry Joseph, who is in Seattle, helping Geno Smith out. In fact, my top three, my top three right now would be Scott Milanovic. Mark Mueller, Kerry Joseph. Those would be my three head coach candidates. If you want my opinion, that's what I'd go with. Let's go to the phone line. Say hi to Keith Willoughby. Keith, how are you, bud? Ozzy, I'm doing well. What a historic day in Rider Nation. Well, it could be. <laughs> We're a long way away from any history, but we are definitely... I, 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 I would think you agree with me. By the way, Keith Willoughby, Dean of the Edwards School of Business. He's one of the few sports nerds that I like, along with Mike Kelly at the NHL Network, because he's got a personality. He's a diehard Ryder fan. As a diehard Ryder fan, how do you feel about today? Uh, I feel like it's one of those days when you were opening up your holiday gifts and you got socks for Christmas. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, yeah. You know, I, I feel, um, you know, I, I had the grueling drive home as I do 10 times a year coming on Highway 11 back to Saskatoon. It was really tough, ballsy, to do that drive Saturday because I felt so deflated. And, and I was, and again, not that I'm not a football expert, so I can't speak from experience there, but I was, I was thinking, obviously, Dickinson was gone, and I was not sure about Reynolds, but I was confident that uh, that O'Day would uh, would not be has have his contract renewed, and now his contract's renewed. It to me, as a Ryder fan, 
uh, I've got to see some juice and I've got to see some vibe because that was a really rough scene to be in Mosaic on Saturday afternoon when two-thirds of the place was, was dressed up as empty seats. And that's not the kind of image that we want in, in any franchise, especially one that's near and dear to my heart, like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, so, again, I say historic because, Balls, if you look back in the history of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, since Ron Lancaster retired, only three coaches have had a more than 500 record in the regular season. Uh, that's Don Matthews, the great Ken Austin, and Ken Miller. So, uh, Dickinson ended exactly at 534 and 34. That's why, uh, to me, it, it's it's exciting because you want to see somebody really come and captivate Rider Nation because we need to renew the enthusiasm. Uh, having O'Day stay around, I, I guess I'm concerned because we, we've had uh, a legacy the past three years where you can make a case that the talent hasn't been there. Again, maybe it's a coaching situation. I don't know, but the old line continues to be that challenge with the Rough Riders. Um, we'll see what happens over the next couple, obviously this next off season. but it's a real precipitous time to be a member of Rider Nation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I will say um, O'Day has brought talent in. Like, let's, not, let's not just dismiss the players that he's brought in. He's brought in some quality players. He's brought in Roland Milligan, who we missed immensely. He, um, he had a great signing, for instance, off the top of my head, Sean Bain Jr., C.J. Revis. Uh, now, I will say on one side, it's only a nine-team league, so it's not like drafting uh, in an NFL draft where there are 32 teams, but he has hit on a lot of his draft picks. Off the top of my head, uh, Lake Corte Moore looks like he could be a serviceable, pretty good player. He's a young guy yet. Uh, Thomas Bertrand Houdon. Uh, picked up steam as the season went on. Um, you know, you see Jaden Dalkey. Uh, you know, there's been Braden Lennius. We've we've got some Sam Emelis, who I think is the best Canadian receiver in the CFL. So it's not like he hasn't brought in talent. But this is a very important. This is very important now because you basically said you basically said it was the coach's fault, the coaching staff's fault that we didn't win. So that's what you've indicated now. The, the, the president and the board have indicated that it was the coaching staff's fault. So now, so now the ball is in their court. We get to see in real time if it was the coaching staff's fault. Exactly, Ballsy. And I think you look ahead now for the upcoming 2024 season. Uh, even though O'Day has a three-year contract, to me it's the shortest of all short leashes. That th- This cannot be a one- or two- or three-year rebuild I think we need to be able to hit the ground running. Uh, I think at the very, very, very least in 2024, we've got to see a playoff team. And I would think even a team that's going to compete for a home playoff game uh, because we've had, again, we, we're, we're 12 and 24 over the past two seasons. And that doesn't cut it in this league at all. I will say in maybe in, in defense of O'Day that this will be now, I guess I would say his one time where he can really pick his own coach. Uh, when he shall not be named left and the cover under cover of darkness, what three or four years ago, O'Day had to had to pick somebody at the at the eleventh hour. Again, uh, we had Coach Dickinson. So again, maybe cuts O'Day some sock. Maybe this is his one chance now that he can pick a coach uh, that uh, will reflect the kind of team that he that he wants to build. Ballsy. I love the idea of Mueller. I think that would actually get bums in seats in in Mosaic. I love the idea of Milanovic. I would go with another KJ. How about Kahari Jones? 
And how about somebody like Corey Mace, the defensive coordinator from the Argos? To me, there's a bevy of some real talent out there that might be important opportunities for the Riders to pursue in terms of who, who's going to be the next coach of this franchise. Yeah, I just... I- I'm not against defensive head coaches. I have nothing against Corey Mace. I think he does a great job. But football is moving to an offensive sport, okay? I I want my defensive coordinator solely concentrating on defense to how to scheme, and I think I need an offensive-minded head coach in football. I think the offensive-minded head coaches do much better. Um, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie, uh, Rick Campbell. Now, it's a little different with Mike O'Shea because he's a special teams guy. He's one of those special teams guys, that rare ones that works out. But, I mean, you know, Orlando Steinauer's been successful but never over the top, and his team was in the tank till Milanovic took over. NFL, Andy Reid, those kind of guys. You know, Sean McVay, it's your Sean McDermott's and the defensive coordinators that struggle as head coaches. Well, maybe that's why somebody like Mueller could really be impressive because he's a youngish coach. He's in his mid-30s. We're seeing in the NFL now where teams are really going to to that younger coach that can uh, really connect well with the players. Uh, I see your point, Ballsy, about the offensive mindset. I don't know what you think about somebody like Drew Tate, who is currently on the star, I guess. Um, yeah, he's on the Riders. He's the Riders coach. He's in the Riders coaching staff. I don't know. That's the thing. Who does Milan- Milanovic has been around longer, so he probably has more contacts than Mueller for coaching staff. I don't know what Mark has for contacts because he's just been in Calgary, but he's been in the league for eight years. So who knows what contacts he he has? But that's what it would mean in terms of. Uh, you know, in terms of doing this thing. Now, here's the other thing with retaining like a, a, a Craig Reynolds when you think about it. If they were to, um, you know, if they were to wipe everything out like fans wanted to, well, by the time you get everything settled, you wouldn't have a president in place for probably at least a month, a month and a half. So what does that take us to December or whatever? Then does he have his GM ready to go? Where's his GM? And then the coach, like we got to be, we got to hit the ground running. So obviously maybe that factored into, Hey, we're going to retain Craig Reynolds. Also the fact he helped usher the team out of COVID. So there's that in his uh, checkbox. And then, uh, you know, Reynolds, he believes in Jeremy O'Day. That's his guy. So that's what I'm saying. He believes in O'Day. He recommended it to the board. So now all the pressures on the board of directors, the president of the team, and the GM. There's no pressure on this coach. He comes in. There's absolutely no pressure on this coach. It's on the other guys. Well said, Ballsy. And I think that could be maybe a useful um, bargaining chip for bringing in a, a new coach. I think from from the fans' perspective there needs to be somebody announced. I know they need to be do the due process and have the due diligence for selecting a coach. But right now, I think Ryder Nation is, is feeling it's, it's, the, it's the real, it's that blah part of the, the season. Like we ended our season on October 21st, which I think is the earliest ever that we've uh, pulled the cord on a season. So like we're like still a week and a bit in, the, in October and we still, you know, where the season is done, I think there's an opportunity now to really revitalize that the, the franchise and to get the fans who are, I understand many of them like me, who are, we're really upset. And I, I will say, Ballsies, just so you're aware, I will definitely always renew my season tickets. Uh, I love this franchise, and I've been through thick and thin. I sat through 2-14 and 14 back-to-back in 1979 and 1980, so I have seen it worse than this. But I tell you, this is a useful opportunity now for the riders to really 
pivot the franchise and be able to get a name in that can help us build back some of the loyalty that we've lost over consecutive 6 and 12 seasons. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, you're our CFL simulations guy. I'm going to hold off. We'll get to you next week when the playoffs start because that'll be fun. It will be. Thanks, man. Take care. All that ballsy. Bye now. Go Riders. Yeah, that's a Keith Willoughby, Dean of the Edwards School of Business in Saskatoon, Dean of our show to CFL Simulations. We'll get into the playoff talk next week. A playoffs the Riders will not be a part of for the second straight year. We'll hear from Craig Reynolds next. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Here's a fake. Jackson's got all day. Lost it over the middle, and he's got a completion, and it's a big play. Zay Flowers still going, and he's all the way down to the 16. That's Scott, or that's, I was going to say Scott Milanovic. He's on my mind. That's Lamar Jackson, who played against Scott Milanovic and the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jags back in the day. But Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Ravens, leading them to a 30 Eight six smashing of the Detroit Lions. He had three touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown. Big win, signature win by the Ravens. Three hundred and fifty-seven yards passing. If I, yeah, I think that number's yeah, correct. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Former MVP of the league. He's our clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Why don't you give him a call? 781-1077. Nobody covers your team. Like our team, this is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Phone lines are heating up here. Text lines heating up. My social media is on fire. This is a talk show host's dream. Riders announced Craig Dickinson is not back as coach. Wish him all the best. He'll get hired again if he wants to be. Uh, His contract won't be renewed. Wide open now for the coaching staff. Um... Jeremy O'Day is back on a three-year extension, and so is President Craig Reynolds. We'll hear from Reynolds in a second. My top three choices for Rough Rider coaching candidates in no particular order. No, in this order. Scott Milanovich, Mark Mueller, Kerry Joseph. That would be my opinion. Let's get out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to our friend. I don't know who this is, but he's a friend. Hi, who is this? It's Corey here, buddy. Hey, Corey, you are my friend. You are my friend. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, I agree 100% with your choices there in that order, and it has to be in that order. For the simple reason, fans like me, I'm a 23-year oh, season ticket holder, and I'm at the end. I'm I like, And I got three seats, you know, sitting in the gold section behind the, behind the bench. I'm fed up with it. I have supported these guys through thick and thin, and this is the thinnest in 23 years. And it's just too much. The fans can't wait. Like, Kerry, I'd love to see, hey, Kerry Joseph, he would be welcomed with open arms. But can he put a coaching staff together and be a winner right off the bat? We don't have, we don't have the patience anymore for, for building. It has to be. That's really, it has to be Milanovic. The uh, more you think about it, it has to be him. Anything else is, is going to be iffy. Yeah, I agree. But uh, and Corey Mace is not an option. Corey Mace has been re-signed by the Argos. Well, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but Corey, he can get out of his contract. He can get out of his contract. They can. We get- don't. Besides that, we don't want a defensive coordinator. It has to be an offensive-minded guy. I agree. That's what I think. I'm. I'm totally behind that. That is my mentality. You know this 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 team Reynolds front and center 
He better get it together already because it's he's been he's been here eight years, and it's been eight years of going downhill. How he gets how he gets re-signed, I have no idea in all this. Let me ask you a question because I'm not I'm not there, Corey. I'm up in the stands doing the game. Okay, I get the best seat in the house, literally. Okay, so I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. But what's the fan experience been? You've been here for what twenty three years? You said season ticket holder. Twenty three years. It's, it's gone down. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, know, wait, like just, so just so just yeah. they've got their big monitors and all that, like the big screen. It's seventy percent advertising. Mm-hmm. Like the entertainment value has gone down. Yeah, like I just like what what my question was. What was your feels like when you go into that stadium as opposed to the old one? Uh, I miss the old stadium for sure. The atmosphere they they split up the universe. Teams have no fear of coming here. Partly it's partly it's because of we haven't been that great, you know, and partly it's the the atmosphere. There is no scary section. There is no section 28. They split everything up, and it's just, you know, where I sit now used to be in the old stadium. It was like, I forget what they called it, something acres or whatever mm. on the west side. But yeah. now it's just, it's, it's just, it just doesn't have the vibe. It doesn't have the feel. All right, man. Well, I pretty loud. Yeah. It can be loud in that stadium, you know. It, it can rock in there, but, mm-hmm. but Reynolds it- needs to get, they, this is like this is do or die time. They they are going to lose season ticket holders. All right, thanks for the call, man. We got to roll. We got so many. I appreciate you listening to the show. Okay. All right, buddy. Take Later. care. That's Corey uh, Zadarozniak in Weyburn. Doubles at egg sales. We're going to take a break. Get to the news. We'll get to some more of your calls if you want. Everything's just out of proportion here. We can't even get to the audio we want, but that's okay. Got some text too. Uh, this from James Balzi. I believe it was Marcus Brady who worked with Milanovic in the NFL. Yes, it was. Former CFL quarterback worked with him in Indianapolis. He's an offensive assistant in Philadelphia now with Nick Soriano's team, the Eagles. So we might be hard to get out of there, but anyway, <laughs> I would think so. This is the uh, Sports Cage on six. 20 CKRM. And back with your sports ticker. It's 433 inside the sports cage, and your sports ticker is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed they will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. We have Game 6 of the NLCS happening right now, and look at that. The Arizona Diamondbacks have a 3-1 to lead over the Philadelphia Phillies, so if the D-backs hold on to this lead here, a Game 7 will be played tomorrow. So as it stands right now, it's bottom of four, so still a lot of ball game left to be played. Later on tonight, the Texas Rangers in Houston to take on the Astros in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. Texas with a big win last night in Game 6. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I was just thinking, you know, the one guy that could sell, uh, he could sell um, sand to people in the desert is Perry Nias from our 
radio station. He could probably, he's the one guy the riders should hire on a consulting basis to come in and sell sell right now to get to get the people on board because what I'm seeing people are not on board they're mad but you know one thing about Rider Nation Zinger if they win they'll come back I said this before I got into a fight with Roy Shivers once when they had a Ooh. they had a uh, season ticket campaign and I said I was on the wolf and I said you don't need a season ticket campaign screw the slogans you just gotta win if you win they're gonna come and then he called me into his office, and the problem was he heard from somebody else who heard from somebody else, and I just sat in his office across from like, you know, like men do? And I said, dude, if you win, they're going to show up. If you guys get blitz 56 to 15, I'm not going on the radio on the call-in show and say, it's the nicest 15 points I've ever seen scored in my life. I don't work that way. So I walked out of his office. He chased me into the parking lot. He goes, hey, Ballsy, I like you. I want to hire you. I said, nope, you can't afford me. And that was that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's all they want. People just want winners. So now it's up to Jeremy O'Day and Craig Reynolds and the board by extension. It's all on you now. You want, you've decided this is the course we're going. We are. If we're in Rider Nation, we're all on board. But the ball's on your side of the court now. Who are you hiring as the head coach? He's got to come in. He's got to win. And he's got to be an alpha male. He has to own. He has to be the face of that team. He has to be front and center. And I'm not saying Craig Dickinson wasn't a good face. But he's got to be a face. He's got to be a dink. He's got to be in charge. He's the guy. My way. I do it. Like a Dinwiddie. Like a Scott Milanovic. Like a Mark Mueller who doesn't care what you think. He's got to be, the players got to know. That's what they need. They need somebody that's going to be, Kerry Joseph. He's won an MOP. He's helped Geno Smith who is on the, he was, Geno Smith was a walking forest fire before Kerry Joseph got a hold of him in Seattle. And now the guy is, Comeback player of the year last year, stud. Kerry Joseph has his fingerprints all over that. Those would be my three coaching candidates. Some people don't like it. One guy said, well, Mark Mueller's offense sucked. He can't be the guy. Mark Mueller doesn't block for his quarterback. Mark Mueller draws the plays up. Um, Mark Mueller was on a team that had 18 injuries. A lot of their best receivers were out. It wasn't Mark Mueller's fault. Oh, Mark Mueller was pretty dismissive of you. I remember your last interview. He seemingly blew you off like he was bothered even talking to you. I'm done with him. No, Dale, he wasn't dismissive of me. He was just very guarded, and he probably knew behind the scenes he wasn't coming here, but he didn't want to sound like a jerk. This is his hometown. This is his backyard. His dad and mom still live here. Linecaster's grandson. And he's a smart football guy. If he was coaching in Syracuse or make up a town name in the States, we'd be like, wow, he's a hot commodity. (laughs) He's been coaching eight years in the CFL, defensive backs coach, running backs coach, and now he's calling plays in Calgary or helping to call plays. I don't know. Sounds like a pretty good choice for me. Here's the other thing I'd do if I was Jeremy O'Day, Craig Reynolds, and the board. I'm signing all those coaches to a three-year deal. Every coach that gets hired by whoever the head coach is gets a three-year deal right across the board. Because in three years, you'll know we're either championship, we're on our way to the championship, or this ain't working. Three years. Give them three years. And I think that's fair. A head coach needs three years. Dickinson had five, but four years. He got, he got his run. 
He got his run. I'm not I'm not against that move. But uh very interesting times. We'll get to some more of your texts. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? Hello, who's this? Oh, Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Go ahead. Oh, am I am I on? I wasn't too sure. You're on, Dennis. Go ahead, man. Uh, is there another application uh, sitting on your desk or somewhere, guys? <laughs> an, an application? No, I don't. Uh, what, you wanna... well, I was referring to, you know, we we seem to have a lot of experts on the line here, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that have been calling in, you know, yeah. about this and that. But does anyone really know what it what is required, you know, to to run or, or coach or anything like that, or just? Given our opinions. Well, we're a talk show because we give opinions, and fans <laughs> fan, fa, fan, fans pay for their opinion because they buy jerseys and tickets and everything like that. They've seen four championships in over 100 years, three first-place finishes since yeah. 1971, so I could see how they'd be mad. <laughs> yeah, there are positives because people do care, and if they didn't care, they wouldn't be calling in. 100%, so they, Dennis. They do care about their team immensely. Yes, absolutely. And you're right, Dennis, you struck on something perfectly fine. Now, the riders can't get arrogant to think people will just always support the riders, but fans that say they're done with the team and I'm finished, they're not because I've been finished with the Chargers for 25, 30 years and they keep sucking me in and breaking my heart every friggin' Sunday. So yes, Pete, well, my lowly Canadians aren't doing any better either. Yeah, but you love them. But anything else, Dennis? <laughs> anything else? They stick with them. Yeah, oh, we're sticking with them. Believe me, we are. We're the voice of the team. Uh, we're going to take a break and be back in a moment. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, let's get to it. Let's go to the phones. I mean, this is unbelievable. This feels like a call-in show. I love it. It's what I want. I don't want turmoil all the time, but I love calls. Let's go to the phones. I'm not sure who we got, but go ahead. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Hey, Who's this? Ballsy, it's Kim. It's Ballsy. Yeah. Kim in Saskatoon. Hey, Kim. Go ahead, How man. Good, man. Go ahead. Well, you, you know, our prediction of the riders going 500, that uh, went up in smoke pretty damn fast. Um, I am not happy about the news today. I think the upper board and Craig Reynolds could have gone in a completely different direction. Um, But I am hoping that Jeremy actually puts a few pairs of shoes and gets out on the pavement and gets a coach, a real voice in that locker room for next year because man after Saturday it don't look good at all we're back to the mid 80s the 90s so just depths of despair yeah I mean I you, how, how many just out of curiosity how many games do you drive in for if I if I'm lucky, ballsy, I'll bring my boys in. I got two boys. We come in. We try to come in for at least one game a year. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's pretty much all you can you afford. Know, what the budget is for? That's if yep. I can get one game in. Oh yeah, I'm happy. So but 
Yeah. So, so will this change your uh, even one game approach coming in? Oh no. Well, I, God, I mean, I've been a Ryder fan since I was like three. So I'm Kim, so Kim, just just Kim, just hear me out here, right? Just hear me out. So I just got this from. I got a personal text from a friend, Jason, okay? I'm not going to mention his last name, but he says he says his friends gave up their season tickets last year because of the management, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt until today's announcement or non-announcements. And Ballsy, no disrespect, but you're out to lunch that you think fans will be back. Uh, I'm out too, and I drive in from Esteban. So, so, and I'm not critiquing him. He spends his money. But my point was if the riders win, if they win, they will come. I have a tough time believing that if the Riders next year start winning, and I don't mean like, because listen, we've started five, what was it, four and one, four and one the last two years, and I've hit the skids, okay? Seven game losing skids to end each season, which is inexcusable. But if the Rough Riders had a solid like 11 and seven, 12 and six campaign, you don't think fans would come back? I think they'd come back, wouldn't they? Or am I way off, way off base? They'll, they'll, they'll fill the place both. Win. That is the number one marketing tool in professional sports. Win. Do that, people will come. You put up a stinker like the last seven games, nobody's going to come. Win, and people will come. Kim, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, coming in for the game you do each year. We do appreciate it. Thanks, Ballsy. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to our next caller. I, I, the, I'm going blind because I don't have a screen. Let's go to... Uh, who's this? Sorry. Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello? Hello, who's this? Uh, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. How's it going, bro? Not too bad. Good. What uh, do you think? Has Ryder Nation always been this bitter? Like, for people to say this is the lowest it's been seems dramatic. I'm only 27, so I never really saw the lovable losers era, but... I make a point to learn the history, and I know that the 11 years from 78 to 87 were much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Well, I was around. I mean, like I was around then. Point. I was around then, Brandon, and I agree they were worse. It's not that bad, but it it does remind me of it does remind me of uh, the end of the Al Ford era, 1999, right before Rory Shivers got here. That's how it feels right now. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm disappointed, too, but considering injuries and, like, the how bad the Rogers had to rotate all year, I did a lot worse. So I figured we would win another game after Harris went down. No, and let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Tell me another team in the CFL right now that could withstand losing QB1. When 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 Trevor Harris was carted off, Luke Molitor said during the game, there goes our season, and he was absolutely right. We scraped and clawed and put things together with a good coaching job to 6-5. and five. Then we got absolutely destroyed by Winnipeg, and our coaches could never bring it back for our players. We could never get back on the same page. So that's a check mark in the, in the X column for them, right? Like, that wasn't, that's one of their negatives. They couldn't get that team back to winning. So uh, at the end, that's what cost them. But yeah, when QB1 goes down, the season was over. So maybe that's why, hey, you give them the benefit of the doubt and bring back this, the general manager and the president. I can buy that argument, but now, but now all the, but now all the arguments are gone. Now it's time to win, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think there, there were some coaching issues regarding authority. So like new coaching might help here. Uh, I'm okay with O'Day sticking around. He brought in some good players this year. Uh, Reynolds, yeah, he's not filling Jim Hobson's shoes, but no one's ever going to do that. So I think 
We need to see more optimism from the fans here. Your slogan of prisoners in the moment has never been more true right now. Thanks, Brandon. Take care, Brett. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, let's go to the next caller. Hi, you're on the sports cage. Hello. Yeah, Ballsy. Yeah. Yeah, it's Rodney Cook here. Hi, Rodney. Well, I I missed the first part of the show on that, and I've been a season ticket holder, Ballsy, for it's going on 50 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just live in Balgoni, and so our drive isn't that far. And I've been through the, the 11 years, like the last caller did say. Is it as bad as it was then? No. But I'm I'm also disappointed with them just getting rid of Dickinson. Um, Craig Reynolds needs to go. And if Jeremy O'Day's caught in the middle, I think Jeremy brought in some good guys. But uh, you know what? It's uh, the president is, I mean, I look at what Hobson did, and I said before Jim Hobson was hired, and when they went with the CEO and the president, I said they need somebody that lives in this province and has played football here to know what it means to these fans of this province and supporters of this team. And one name that comes to the top of my head, and he'd probably never do it to become his president, would be Mar- a guy like Marshall Hamilton. I listened to that guy, and he's forgot more than what Jim, what Craig Reynolds knows about football. And they need someone in there like that who's passionate, who runs it like a business, who hires your GM and you hire the coach, and if crap happens, then you deal with it. And and there's no doubt in my mind that um, Craig Dickinson was not tough enough on the players. Like it was said on your, your phone-in shows and stuff after the game's ballsy, he treated them like they were the adults and they took advantage of that situation. And it's unfortunate. It bit him in the butt. But you need someone. And I, I look at uh, other coaches around the league. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, what he's done in Toronto has been absolutely amazing and when they hired him i thought wow why are they hiring him well look what he's done for that organization and yes they've got some good players but obviously the players are playing for him and 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 i don't know i and if craig reynolds and craig reynolds doesn't go um the fans are going to be kicked and yeah are they going to give him another year i don't know it's it's i mean i'm I'm one of those fans that it doesn't matter. I'll be there, and I'll be there till the day I die because I'm a, I'm a true fan. But uh, mm-hmm. where it's going to go, and, and you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig ballsy. Um, <laughs> um, and that's all they're doing here is a Band-Aid solution, um, in my opinion. Um, and I can see why there's so many callers, and like you'd stated before, on Twitter, the people are just fed up. And I drive 40 or takes me 20 minutes, me and my wife, to come in. But when there's people, I, I seen a friend of mine that came to the game. He lives in Edmonton. And I seen him on Sunday. He comes every game. He flew in Sunday morning for the game. And he comes every game. He's got season tickets. There's people that come from Calgary. Look at the money that those people are spending. And, and yes, there's going to be some of those diehards that stay here, but... I can see where people are are fed up. I mean, you look at that Hamilton game, that was embarrassing. They could have won these last two games with a a few better decisions and and, and plays. They played a lot better, but the bottom line is they still lost. 
Well, I mean, hey, some of that is coaching, but some of that is Jake Dolagala threw an interception right to Cameron Judge. He walked it into the end zone. Uh, Mario Alford treated the football like a grenade in Calgary, and they they got a touchdown. Um, I don't agree with Dickinson's decision to give up. He never gives up two points. He gives up two points in a 13 nothing lead. Like, there were some play. I'm not sitting here being a Craig Dickinson apolog- uh, apologizer here. He made mistakes as a head coach. There's no doubt about it. His biggest mistake was... Well, it wasn't even a mistake. He's just a guy. He's a dude that's a good dude that doesn't know how to be a real jerk. He can't be a jerk. And if you try to fake be a jerk, then you lose credibility because they know you're being a phony. He's not. He's a... He's a great man, a great assistant coach. He will be on a staff somewhere, and now it's up to us to find an alpha dog that's going to lead this team because we don't have an alpha dog in a leadership role in this team. And that's not being disrespectful to O'Day or Reynolds. They're not alpha dogs. We need an alpha dog. Thanks for the call. Uh, Let's get to one more call here before we take a break. Hi, who's this? Hey, it's Tyler from Regina. Hey, man, go ahead. Hey, um... since the last game and even uh, the last home game, one thing that I keep hearing from people in the province and as well as uh, people on the radio here is the loss of culture. Um, I know under Jim Hobson, the one thing that was always big with him and his regime was the community, not just inside the locker room, but in the organization and then with the fans. And I feel that under Reynolds, that is something that has been lost. Um, I'm a season ticket holder. I don't drive in like... Well, these folks do. I live just down the road from the stadium. But after the last two games, the missus and I have both decided that we're probably not going to come back as season ticket holders. We'll come for Labor Day or the odd game, but we just feel that the organization has tried to has lost its sense of community and has t- tried to be a little bit too big. The football side of it is always football. There's going to be wins and losses, but... When fans start feeling that they're not being appreciated, they're taken advantage of, and um, they just feel that there's no hope in the organization from the very top, it's very disheartening. I will say this. Sorry, what was your first name again? Sorry? Tyler. Tyler. Here's what I will say this. You you spend your money. You have a, a right to voice your opinion and decide how to spend your money, so I'm not critiquing you. I will say this, though. The Rough Riders are more than just a CFL team. They're, a, they're an organization, a brand that gives back to the community. The Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation has given a lot for mental health, northern football, a lot of football teams, a lot of institutions and groups. So the Rough Riders do do great work off the field. They do. I, and, and it's been under Craig Reynolds' regime carried over from Jim Hobson. So I'm not going to totally agree with that. But I will say this, and I'm not going to go into it too much. I feel they've lost touch in certain areas. And the thing that always, it always comes back to the little guy. Governments can spend like a bunch of drunk sailors and be goofy as they like to be. Politicians, we know most of them are idiots. And then at the end of the day, it always comes back to Tyler and Balsey. And Sean, our taxes have to go up because we have to pay for the stupidity, right? At the end of the day, it always comes back to the little guy. So even as it relates to sports, you can have all the corporate sponsorship you 
one and all the big money helping the team out or the teams out across the league. It always comes back to the little guy and the little guy footing the bill. We need you to buy tickets. We need you to buy jerseys. So you can never forget about those Tylers of the world or the guys that drive in from Saskatoon. You have to make them feel like this is their team, like their voice is being heard. It's going to come. It's going to come down to this. Tyler's going to come back. I know Tyler's going to come back because Tyler wouldn't take the time at supper time to phone my show. Tyler's going to come back if you win. That's as simple as it gets. If if they win, they'll be printing money. So now it's up to them to find a head coach because the message I get today is it's the coach's fault. So let's see if they can find me a coach, if I'm a fan, that can get me into the win column every year consistently and have a chance to have more than three first-place finishes since 1971 and win me more than four Grey Cups and be in a Grey Cup, you know, try maybe two or three times every 10 years instead of once every 10 years. That's what I would say. That's what I would say as a fan. Absolutely. Well, so, as, I, as you said, the fans will come back when there's wins. I've supported this team in three different provinces that I've lived in. I've bought in season tickets in Calgary just to be at Ryder Games. The fans will always come back, no matter how hurt we are with the on-field proc. A lot of it that people are starting to feel are is in the, the concessions. And, like, I'm a season ticket holder, and I bought a George Reed jersey after the Hamilton game. And the one thing I remember looking at is when they told me, Season ticket holders no longer get a discount. They get points towards things. And then right after that, I went into the concession to go get a coffee, paid $4 for a small, tiny coffee that I had to pour myself. The team, I think, underneath the current regime, or the franchise, sorry, feels that we're big dogs. We are the flagship of the CFL, and we can charge and do whatever we want. And I feel that they've lost touch of what that old franchise felt like in the old stadium where it was affordable for people to come to games. Those folks that drive the five, 10 hours to a game, they're already paying out the pockets area. And now season tickets are going up. Food's more expensive inside the stadium. Jerseys and everything are more expensive. I just feel that they lost that side of community and see how their fans are treated. Tyler, I appreciate your words. Appreciate your support. I know the riders do appreciate your support. um, And we thank you for listening to the show. Okay. Yes, sir. Take care. We'll get the more of your calls. You want to call in, man? And we try to get all this audio, but I'm all for you guys are the stars. This is your show. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. Got an email from Larry Kozakiewicz, one of them I'll get to. Some text, too. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Away we go for our last half, or hour, sorry. 936-6262, the number to call locally, one 866 This is from Paul on the text line, brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. Note to Craig Reynolds, you've not been listening for the past four years. I agree the fan experience behind the rider bench is terrible, nothing but advertising, bad halftime, basic. Why not have a pregame concert in the stadium? Simple answers, hard to get anyone to listen. Mark. Reynolds said sustained success is the standard. Please ask his assessment on where he's at in eight years. Hey, Ballsy, this is from Hal. My next choice for head coach would be Buck Pierce in a heartbeat. It's time we go after a proven winner with a great resume. 
Uh, and then uh, somebody else, maybe half the board of directors should be alumni, people that know what direction the team should go in. Let's go to the phone line. And I'm not sure who this is. Who is it, Singer? Trent. Let's go to Trent. Hi, Trent. Hey, Ballsy. How's it going today, man? Good, man. How are you, bud? Oh, good, good. I've been uh, listening just for about the past half hour here. Kind of thing, and it's, I don't got a whole lot of complaints with where you've been going with things, but uh, I guess the frustration that I've got uh, around this, and I'm not completely uh, disappointed that we didn't just clear house completely kind of thing, because uh, I look back to 2019, we're 13 and 5, 2020, or 2021, we're 9 and 5, and we've had two 6 and 12 seasons. Uh, O'Day's finding talent kind of thing. Uh but our coaching, it needs to be better, and our players need to be better too kind of thing. But uh, we always forget in, that winning trumps everything. And like you said, people will come back if we win, but uh, people leaving because the season tickets are going up or the cost in the stadium's going up, well, everything's going up. That's not changing anywhere you go right now. We've got the nicest stadium in the CFL. I've been to everyone. It's it's the nicest one there is. There's a cost to that too. Everyone forgets that. Uh, part of our ticket cost is because of that stadium too, right? Yep. So it's it's a little frustrating from that kind of thing when we forget that. Oh, okay, things are going up. Well, everything is. I drive four hours a game. I go to. I've been missed one game again this year. Season ticket holder since 2013, and you've got to make some decisions. And I understand people are going to put their dollars elsewhere at times, but uh, winning will change that. But uh, we also forget too, where people don't realize that that is a nicest stadium, and there's a cost to the having that as well, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're right, Trent. By the way, where do you drive in from? Um, Dodgeland. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a ways away. We do it like I, <laughs> I I appreciate the fact you drive in, man. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of time and effort and money to come in, and the roads aren't always the greatest, and who knows what you're driving home in. So yeah, I do a tip of the cap to you, man. Um, but yeah, that's what it comes down to. And, and for what you said, if people are going to spend money. And it, everything does cost money, and you're right. And some things aren't the riders' fault, like the government throwing on the PST and the tickets, an extra charge of 6%, okay? So it's not all on the riders. And I'm not throwing... And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say this team's an embarrassment. I will not say that, because they do good work in the community. The league always goes to Reynolds and the riders on what to do in terms of off the field. So there's something to be said for that, and there's something to be said for what's... Like they, they they have brought in talent. Now, have they brought in talent to rival, ra, rival other teams? I think that's debatable. I think Jeremy O'Day has to address the O-line, has to be solidified. The D-line has to be solidified. Anytime you got the fewest amount of quarterback sacks for and the third fewest against, there are issues. Now, in fairness to him, an asterisk beside that, they've had injuries. So who knows what would have happened? And I think the O-line was a little better than it was the year before. And granted, I think a lot of those quarterback sacks were on Cody Fajardo, not the offensive line, if you want to be, if you want to be honest. Cause didn't Montreal, wasn't I told Montreal's got a great offensive line that he's going to be behind? And they've given up more quarterback sacks than the Riders last I looked this year. So it's, it's perceptions, Absolutely. perceptions, everything and facts are negotiable. But it's what you said, man. If, People, if they win, people will, and they're having a good time, they'll choose to go to the Ryder game. There's no better place to be, in my opinion, 
if you're a sports fan in Saskatchewan on a summer night when you're watching your favorite football team dominate a team at home and the crowd's in full throat and it's just beautiful, that's a great night. But we haven't had a lot of those nights. So people are like, well, I'm not going to, Trent's like, I'm not going to spend, uh, you know, 155.9 a liter six, t- uh, six times a year. That's a lot of money for not being entertained. Like, for instance, like, for instance, like, for instance, like, let's just, hey, one thing about me is I call it like I see it, even though people like to say, oh, you don't, you just lick the rider's boots. That effort against the Hamilton Tiger Cats was an embarrassment. That was an embarrassing football game, maybe the worst I've ever seen in a regular season game on home turf, and not by points, even though it was 37-13. It was the fact that they didn't show up with George Reed's family in the crowd and with, and with with um, uh, the 2013 team there. That was an embarrassment, and they should apologize to the fans that spent money to come watch that crap. Well, you're absolutely right. That was disgusting. That was one of the most painful, like, that was one of the most painful games we've ever watched. And it was just, we rolled our eyes that first series, basically, and it, it just got worse yeah. and worse. And I think one of the sides of things, too, is that I don't, and it's, we always have a trouble with, but with the old line going back to the whole Brendan Labatt side of things, they bring yeah. it up. But sometimes we complain about when we let players go, but sometimes, uh, like Weston Dressler, we've let guys go, oh, we should have kept this guy. Well, sometimes we are too nice, too, and we try to keep guys around that we want to keep around. Mm-hmm. And not that Labatt did anything to us. He just ended up not playing. Well, that uh, our whole line, I felt a lot of it was predicated on some of those things and the old trickle-down effect there. That doesn't explain anything for the last couple of years, but that that hurt us big time kind of thing coming out of COVID. Mm, for sure, man. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, okay? Thanks, man. Have take, a good one. take care. That's Trent. Let's go to it. We've got another caller here on uh, the Sports Cage. Hi, who's this? This is Kim. Hi, Kim. Go ahead. I think they should try to get Richard Hall out of Winnipeg. <laughs> and it, I've been listening to the people... We're a community football team. Mm-hmm. I've never went to a football game in the Riders yet. But if we want to support this team, let's go to the fans and go there next year and give these guys a chance. The most embarrassing thing was not George Reed's game. It was a win to play Barber to beat Ness 6, 56-6. And when you back men into a corner, what do men come out as? This team is going to be good. We didn't win a whole bunch of great cups when George Reed and Ronnie Agcaster played. But we still are faithful. So let's be a community and back our players instead of running them down and running the coaches down. If we, if we, uh, uh, people think we can run this team better, well, then get in there and step in. Just like the guy that says 62 years his wife went to a football game. Go back and show that there were, you love the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. When you go down to Nova Scotia, look at the fans that come out with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders sweaters on TV. That's because they're, lo- they're people that believe in the Scouts and Riders. We're a community football team, so let's back our football team. That's all i got to say. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Good good call. Okay. Um, we have another one. Okay. Let's do it. Next phone call. Hey, who's this? Hello, who's this? You're on the air. Hello? Anybody there? Not answering. Not answering. Okay, keep the calls coming. 936-6262.
one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. Got some votes for Buck Pierce. I guess we can do that now with Coach Dickinson. We'll get the Dickinson in a minute here for the coaches. Uh, last comments we got is him as the head coach. I got this. Anthony Calvillo or Darian Durant for head coach. <clears throat> Anthony Calvillo has been. Um, he has struggled as an offensive coordinator in this league, and Darian Durant has no coaching experience. My top three are in this order. I would interview Scott Milanovic, Mark Mueller, Kerry Joseph. I'd even see if Henry Burris would be interested in getting onto a coaching staff here in Saskatchewan. Maybe not as the head coach, but get involved. here. And he worked with Milanovic in Jackson. Weren't they together in Jacksonville? I think they were, if I'm not mistaken. All right, let's get out to the phones and say hi to... Hi, who's this? Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, who's this? It's Glenn. Glenn, go ahead, man. Hey, just... Uh... A couple of comments. Um, you know, years ago, after the NFL cuts, we used to bring in a lot of folks, say, after Labor Day weekend. I haven't seen that happen the last couple of years that I'm very familiar with, but is there a reason, you think, why we're not doing that? One of the reasons is is the practice rosters are a lot bigger in the NFL, and it's also later in the year uh, from when the cuts would come in. And you also have to... Understand something? Spring football. Spring football has affected it with the USFL and XFL. So that has people dragging their feet in terms of the players. And the other thing is, is guys that come, there's a myth that you can just airlift a bunch of guys in and it can be great. That very, very rarely does it happen. You bring in a Don Narcisse and a Ken Austin in the same year and it works right away. So that doesn't work right, right away. Maybe you bring a guy in like they did. A couple of years ago with Roland Milligan, they brought him in towards the end of the year. He played in that playoff against Winnipeg, and then they've retained him. Another guy that Jeremy O'Day's brought in. So Jeremy O'Day's brought Kyle Carson. They brought some guys in here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they have to bring some more in here, and uh, I hope they're going to ramp that up here right away. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. You know, I just uh, I always remember those days where we were just waiting for those cuts to see what we could do, you know. But uh, yep. the other uh, other interesting, just listening to folks talk in the uh, stands on Sunday, I've been a season ticket holder, I don't know, 23, 25 years, something like that. And, you know, I'm going to keep going because, hey, what else do we do in the summertime in Saskatchewan? But, uh, and I, there's a caller earlier talked about our 13 and whatever season. You know what some of the guys in the stands were saying? Yeah, that's that's a record that Dickinson had, but he was playing with Jones's team that Jones and O'Day put together. What's your thoughts on that comment? Well, he coached who is there. You can only coach who's there. Like Richie Hall. Were you were you the guy that said we should bring or the caller before said we should bring Richie Hall back? I actually wouldn't mind that. Bring Richie Hall in as the D coordinator uh D coordinator. He lives here anyway with his wife, just commutes to Winnipeg. So, and I know he still loves Ryder Nation. Bring him back. He's got seventy five percent of our great cup rings, for God's sakes. He's won three great cup rings with our team. Bring him back, absolutely. But anyway, um sorry, I got sidetracked. What was he talking about again? What were we talking about again? Sorry? I'm lost. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. I like listening to your rant. That's good. Uh, no, it's just that some guys are saying that, sure, Dickinson had a couple winning seasons. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. He can only coach who's there. He can only coach who's there. And you look at it. Uh, no, some... But what they were saying is that the winning seasons he had is the team that Jones and O'Day put together. Nothing after that. That's well, you could make it. You could make the. You, you could make the case that he won with the team Jones put together, and O'Day was a side piece. It was mostly Chris Jones that put the team together for t- for ni- for nineteen yeah. and twenty one. Like you can spin a narrative however you want to spin it. I'm not cutting you down, but you can. They won. They were a crossbar away from going to the Grey Cup and no Winnipeg dynasty. That's how close it was with Craig Dickinson. And think about this. 
let's let's think about this for a minute before we throw our coach under the bus, okay? I, I, I'm not into this discarding of people. I'm not saying you are, but I'm not into this discarding of people. We started that season with the cheap shot artist, Simone Lawrence, hitting Zach Kalaros and knocking him into next week, okay? Knocking yep. him into next week, maybe ended his life, let alone his career. Isaac Harker comes in, looked like a deer caught in, actually, sorry, Cody comes in and looks like he stumbled off of Willie Nelson's tour bus. He's all over the place. He doesn't know what he's doing. The, the guy from the school of mimes comes in, Isaac Harker, and he looks better. And then they game plan for Cody with a great offensive line. And what happens? They actually go on a run. What a coaching job by Craig Dickinson. What a coaching job by Craig Dickinson. Then we have COVID, which derails everything. And really Really hurt Cody Fajardo because Cody never got to have hands on hands, uh, you know, face to face with um, his new offensive coordinator, Jason Moss. So that was a whole year of not that. Then they get into 2021. The Riders have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, count them, five Achilles injuries. Before the season starts, they got eighteen. Yeah, they on, got yeah, unprecedented, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they got eighteen guys, eighteen guys on the uh, injured list for the West Final, and they almost won again. They turned the ball over five times on Winnipeg and couldn't get it into the end zone. What another great coaching job has Coach Dickinson? Has Coach Dickinson um, been great? I don't know that he's the greatest head coach, but he hasn't been a grease fire. I've been around for a long time, so nobody can pull anything over me. I've seen bad football. This isn't terrible football. It's bad football, but it's not grease fire terrible football. They are a tweak or two away from, I think, being good. But, but now all the pressure is on the president, the board, and general manager Jeremy O'Day. Because you have admitted that it's the coach's, it's the coach's fault. It's the coach's fault. We'll see. Yeah, they they pretty much said that, haven't they? Yeah. No, you made a comment, uh, I don't know how many days ago, just because you play professional football or any professional, any sport, doesn't mean you're a professional. Yes. And, uh, you know, this team in itself, getting paid to do their job, somehow or other, coach or no coach, figured out a way to rally after the spanking we took in Winnipeg. Personal pride, professional... Something should have triggered you guys to say, let's get something out of our whatever and play football because we're sliding. But they, as, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm supporting Dickinson here. How much can you, you tell growing men that call themselves professionals, hey, you guys got to play better because you might lose your jobs, or hey, we don't want to go seven losses. Maybe we want to make the playoffs. But it didn't happen. So where is the personal pride there? And, and I can't answer that because I don't know that one. Well, and here's one that I, as, as the voice of the team watching this, there's a guy, not mentioning names, there's a guy that played in the secondary that ran around for five weeks and made business decisions all over the field. I think we all know who I'm talking about, okay? Yeah. We all yeah. know who I'm talking about. Why was he allowed to continue to play? What, they, they brought this kid in, William Poole, from the Georgia Bulldogs. You may have heard of them, national championships. Yep. This guy was a starting defensive back on the Georgia Bulldogs. He played one game here, and he was released. It was his first CFL game, and he was released. I don't know who that's on. Is that on the coach not trusting what 
Kyle Carson and Jeremy O'Day have brought in is like, what is that? Because listen, I should be able to trust who they brought in or I should be able to look at my depth chart and say, this guy shouldn't be playing. I need to put the, this guy in. So was it the coach saying, you know what? I don't trust who's they brought in. So I'm just going to keep playing this guy, even though he takes plays off. Because I can tell you one thing, Mike O'Shea ain't going to let a dude take plays off. Did you, here, you want to know that here's a difference between a team that is in a great... Here's a difference between a team, and you hang this on whoever you want, but this is the facts, and facts <laughs> yeah. aren't negotiable. Here's the difference between a team that has played will play in four straight Grey Cups, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And believe me, I want to puke in my mouth when I say that, Okay. Gross. Did you watch the Winnipeg-BC game the other night, like a couple weekends ago, when Winnipeg won the West? Not just the Western Division. They won the West because nobody's going into Winnipeg to win the West final. She's over. She's lights out. It's Winnipeg-Toronto in the Grey Cup, unless somebody could prove otherwise. They threw a pass to Dominique Rimes, and he's open at the end of the game, and he's running for a touchdown. Jamal Parker ran by three guys to tackle him and save the game, and they went in and won in overtime. He did not give up on the play. I watched... The Hamilton Tiger Cats come in here, and they threw a skinny post to Tim White, and I watched three dudes give him a personal escort to our 10-yard line. Like, they were playing flag football, and nobody wanted to touch them. That's the difference between a, that's the difference between a team that wins four championships and a team that's been out of the playoffs two years in a row. And if you can become a team that wins like that, we will be lining up for tickets again at Mosaic Stadium. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I, I remember that. I sat straight in the opposite side of the field. Yeah, and we saw those three guys running alongside of them. Going, I said, does anybody want to just maybe bump them? Try touching them? You know, yeah, so can, you, into the end zone. so can you blame that on the coach? Maybe you can. Maybe you can. That's what I'm saying. Let's remove all yeah. doubt here. Let's remove all doubt here. You're not yeah. a professional. You're, just because you play professional football doesn't mean you're a professional. And so, is it on the players or is it on the coach? Apparently, it's on the coach. He got whitewashed today. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Find me a coach that's a jerk. Find me a coach that people know that he is not going to stand for that stuff because that's what this organization needs. They don't have one of those anywhere in this organization. Give me a dude that's going to walk in here, command respect. There's one guy off the top of my head. He's won a championship as a coach. He's been in the NFL. He's been with Mark Tressman. He is Scott Milanovic. Scott, uh, Mark Mueller's another one. Kerry Joseph is Rider Royalty. Hey, if you can get Buck Pierce out of Winnipeg, have at it. Don't know much about him. No, he runs a good offense. There are options, but you get one crack at doing this right. Oh, yeah, because if you don't, you're going to be eating crow. I agree with you. Yeah. Anyway, we got to go. Thanks for the call, man. Take care, bud. Appreciate Bye. it. We'll take a break. Be back with news and two more callers. And then we're going to replay Sheldon's call. I think it wraps up the calls of all callers. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. 
The Arizona Diamondbacks up big on the Philadelphia Phillies right now. 5-1, to one, bottom of 7. If the D-backs hold on here, they will force a Game 7 tomorrow evening in Philly. So that's Game 6 of the NLCS happening right now. And Game 7 of the ALCS about to get underway in about a half hour from now. The Texas Rangers and Houston and Texas beat those Houston Astros yesterday in Game 6 to force this Game 7 tonight. So uh, it's a must-watch baseball here on this Monday evening. In Monday Night Football tonight, the San Francisco 49ers are in Minneapolis to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Hey, I got a nice uh, message from uh, Jackson Ford's mom, Danielle. I'll just read part of it. Listening to 620 on my way home from work, and if football was a religion, you'd be my priest, pastor, deacon, and everything in between. Thanks, Danielle. Jackson's had a good first year and uh, was hurt at the end of the year, but uh, he'll be... uh, Factoring into the plans, of course, next year. Grandson of Al Ford. Um, all right, let's get to the phones here. Uh, 936-6262. We got a call of all calls from Sheldon. I'm not going to lie to you. So uh, let's. Uh, he was earlier on the show. Let's go. Uh, hi, who's this? Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello, who's this? Are you there? Uh, breaking up. A call back. Find a find a better uh, signal and call back. Uh, let's go to this one. Hi, who's this? Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Or? Yeah. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, this is Ian from New Jersey. Hi, Ian. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally, totally down on the team. I, I still think the one thing that they have to do is they have to know the health of the kind of players they recruited. Like I think they just like when you see Hawkins, Winicky, Walker, Harris. Uh, Breskison, uh, Blake, Rowan Milligan. Like, if you had those guys in the lineup, I think the season would have been a bit different. Well, we had we had Breskison in the lineup. He didn't really pan out. Jake Winicky was a healthy scratch. He has one more year left on his deal, but I'd be shocked if he comes back. Uh, a lot of their older players they signed did not pan out because of injury, because Father Time is undefeated, and Tom Brady has uh, gave everybody a false sense of security they could play forever. But uh, when Philip Blake did come back, it was great. Here's the thing that I don't think you can blame on Jeremy O'Day that's a real head scratcher to me, Ian. We had an offensive lineman in Gerald Hawkins who is from Pittsburgh Steelers and he didn't play. He didn't play in the first preseason game and he was away for family reasons uh, until week three. They threw him in in week three, his first CFL game, he gets a season-ending injury. Why didn't he play in week one? But, in preseason game week one, but we played Philip Blake, a proven, tried-and-true Grey Cup champion, twice in the preseason, and out at left tackle at times, where he's got to extend his hands, and he tore his pec muscle. And our running game went to... Because he was out. When he came back the last two weeks, except for last week, we had a solid running game. Yeah. And, and also, the other thing I have a problem with, and I, I don't I don't quite follow it, in the CFL, I think it's got to be awful difficult to 
patch an offensive line because you're not allowed hitting in the practices, are you? No, like, well, you get, I think you get like 12 padded practices a year or something ungodly low like that, which is another stupid thing. I'm all for player safety, but how do you, how are you a carpenter, but you can't use your uh, saw except Hammer for 12 times a year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, crazy. But the other one I thought was amazing is the, I think his name was what, Bob Wiley? But you had as yep. an offensive yep. line coach, yep. and he kind of believed five is one, and he had everybody knowing how to play each other's position so that you knew what the other guy beside you was going to see. Uh, I have a feeling that was the whole thing, was it was they just never gelled as a unit. They were starting to, and you're right. They're, I think O'Day did try to address the offensive line. In fact, I know he did, and he can't control injuries. And let's be honest, this season when no disrespect to Fine and no disrespect to Dolagala. Like those two young guys, I think they should be brought back. They're free agents. We'll get into that tomorrow. But I will tell you this. They were done the minute Trevor Harris was done. They were 3-1 and one with them, 3-11 and 11 without them. When you don't have a coach on the field like that, like you have a first-year offensive coordinator and a veteran coach. The offensive coordinator should put you in the right spot 80% of the times with his scheming and everything like that. But at least 20% of the time, your quarterback has to be able to do it on his own. And we just didn't have that because of inexperience this year. Uh, I think Trevor Harris could have IQ'd us out of a lot of problems. And I think that is one of the main reasons why Jeremy O'Day gets brought back because... If you had your QB1 and we played like this, then maybe you do a clean sweep. That's why I think he gets uh, another pass. Anyways, thanks for the call, Ian. We got a roll. We appreciate your fandom from the other side of the border. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's uh, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Go ahead, man. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on the quarterback going down. That that screwed the whole season. But I, I look higher than this. They allow you to make two hires as a GM. And he, uh, Craig Reynolds burnt his chips with Chris Jones. He's got Jeremy O'Day there. If he burns him out, he's gone too. So this was nothing, as far as I'm concerned, and I've been around as long as you have too. This was nothing but a self-preservation move on Craig Reynolds' part. Um, And when I saw poor Jeremy O'Day sitting up in the stands or sitting up with his boss, it looked like rats running for high ground. Now, we had to make a change of coaching. Um, I would make a change at CEO and then decide if you want to bring Jeremy O'Day back because he's been there a long time. He did start out pretty decent, but he hasn't been able to construct his own uh, roster or, or hire his own second coach. So, um, wasted season. The last two years have been absolutely brutal. But with that guy running the organization, I have absolutely zero confidence in him. None. Well, I, 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 um, your your opinion is your opinion, and you're definitely entitled to it. And you sound like a well spoken uh, fan. I will say this: No, the minute the minute like Jeremy, you, the minute I saw Jeremy O'Day's been extended, the president's coming back. You're not going to hire a new president, and he doesn't get a choice of his GM, and then they go hire a coach together. No, it's not happening that way. So as soon as you saw O'Day come, as soon as you see O'Day coming back, you know Craig Reynolds is coming back unless he's quitting and leaving. That ain't happening. Yeah, and- and Reynolds has the benefit of working for a board. And, you know, for those of us that are in business and knows how this business community works, he doesn't have a guy, like when Jim Hobson was working there, you had some people on that board that knew football. And Jim Hobson, he knew football. He was a CFL guy, but he was also an organization guy. This board that they got on there, and I'm, they're volunteers, 
bless their heart, um, but they would not know. That's the most woke board in the CFL, and they would not know if that ball was stuffed with feathers or air. So, like I said, we're in for some dark times here, and we've all been around the 90s and the 2000s. He's got the same record as Roy Shivers. You know, like, come on. But like I said, we're in agreement here. You hope for the best, but you absolutely look at it and go, well, we're two wins ahead of Edmonton, and they had Victor Quee running that thing. So it is what it is, man. Well, now now, now, now it's uh, – sorry, what was your first name again? Jerry. Jerry. Uh, are you calling from Regina? Where are you calling from? Saskatoon. Saskatoon, cool. Saskatoon fan. By the way, how much? How often do you drive in for the games? I got season tickets, and I never miss a game. Are you going to keep those season tickets? Absolutely, I am. I, I've, I've had I've been supporting the team forever. We do that here. Good. These guys that are saying that they're hey, you know what? It's like the guy at Clemson said. You know what? Maybe the bandwagon is a little too too heavy right now. Maybe some people need to get off of it. They need to go do some other things. That's okay. We get that twenty three thousand fans a game. They're seventeen thousand hardcore. There always have been. You know that. And then you get that five thousand. So you get you around twenty three thousand for a CFL team. You're doing good. Anything else above that is is gravy so the hardcore is still going to come we're going to go but like i said if you understand uh, for those that are i like you're very good at constructing the rosters and 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 the ratios and all that stuff and that's the expertise that you got to have here but i honestly think when craig reynolds and i'm not slamming the guy he's a great accountant i'm you know he's he's got his bona fides but this guy walks into a room and they start talking football well what's he talking about you know al bundy foam lake football six-man football he hasn't got a clue none and and that's the sad thing about it is when you hear a guy talk about it like he knows he's there's guys in football operations that are lining up had they not extended O'Day had they not extended him there would have been a lineup of assassins wanting to work for this guy because he has not got clue one that's going on they would have got a contract Jim Barker's prime example that would have been his last payday he was just politicking for that one but I like I said I like Jeremy he's a good guy he's a he's a rider he's shown that he can win. Um, but I think you, you put your pe- – like you said with the coordinators, you set them up 80% to be successful. And Reynolds went all in with Jones. He cannot get rid of O'Day. He can't do it because then that would be two, uh, two strikes on him. And that guy going into a boardroom, now that's where he excels. He's able to go in there and sell some kind of a vision. And they say, listen, as long as I can line my business up with this brand and make money off of it, what does it, what do you care if the, there's a guy on there that runs a security guard company? What does he care if they win or lose? There's other ones that are financial planners. They got their, they got their, their snouts right in that trough. So until they get serious about winning, and I'm talking, it has to be like a, you have got to fall off of a cliff to get desperate like it was in 1999. I think we're going to be playing mediocre football here, six, seven win, hope for nine wins for the next maybe three, five years. Well, we'll see. A coach, I'm, I, I've am i been led to believe a coach can make a big difference. So basically, the, he, basically the, mes- has- the message I read, Jerry, today is it's coaching. We didn't get to the clips from O'Day and Reynolds because we've had so many passionate fans, and I'll pick the fans every day of the week, like yourself, Jerry. But the message today is this is on Coach Dickinson and his coaching staff. That's how I read it. So now and the coach guy and the coach has to have a hand in player personnel. That's every guy that's in the CFL. I don't care uh, who it is. They've always got their little mitts in the personnel, and it, it's that Bill Parse saying, if you want to make the uh, meal, they got to let you have the groceries. So, like I said, I, I have confidence in O'Day, but he's, he's an administrator. He had Jones. Jones was in personnel. 
John Murphy was in personnel. Why is Toronto winning all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Well, John Murphy decided to go over there. Chris Jones, uh, he's got two. I don't, I don't, you know, he is what he is. But at the end of the day, I think his legacy being the CFL will be once he gets drummed out of uh, management, he's probably just going to be another personnel guy. So you had better have a very good head scout. And Paul Jones, you know, if this was 1992 and I needed a guy to find Tracy Ham. That's the guy I would go and get. I, he's got to be 92 by this point. So I have no idea what, they, what they're doing for scouting that MAC conference, that WAC conference. I have no idea what they're doing for their Canadian content. Um, but like I said, the cupboards are looking pretty bare here. And O'Day, last point I'll make here and then I'll get off. Hmm. Nobody asked O'Day, how come you tied up a million dollars in two quarterbacks? So he went all in with Cody Fajardo. He went, he, you're right, he, he's basically killed himself playing football, holding on to the ball too long. Then they got this 38-year-old guy, Trevor Harris. Nobody says, you know, maybe we don't need this guy rolling out of the pocket every time, eh? Well, he takes off on a stupid run and breaks his leg. So, you know, it's stuff like that that you, you spend $1 million on two guys, and they're not even on the roster. So nobody might have been keen enough to ask that question when they were doing the interview with O'Day about his extension. So mm. I wish him luck. Thanks, man. I appreciate the call, Jerry. Yep. Take care. When we come back, Sheldon started this whole thing off. He started this avalanche. We're going to hear Sheldon, the people's champ, spitting mad to wrap the show up next in the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.